Welcome to the sixth episode of UOT number The Amazing Race 31 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is the Canadian who, like Victor, can't hide his disdain of Rachel and Alitha, Logan Saunders. Evening. And the lady who is wearing her Jaguar tooth to remind her to be fearless on the podcast, Michelle Pierce-Denman. <laughs> Morning. I was very tempted to change it to wearing a necklace with her children's milk teeth on it, but I thought that might be a little bit creepy. Oh, look, I do still have some in the cupboard somewhere. I'm sure you do. So we will begin, as we do every week, apart from last week, with the question of where in the world is Logan Saunders? Where am I? I'm in Thessaloniki, Greece, Greece's second largest city. Tomorrow I head to North Macedonia, which was formerly the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. It was? It's a very obscure country. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know much about North Macedonia, other than Greeks and Bulgarians uh, pretty much hate them. They were on Eurovision last uh, two weeks ago now. They always are. Which, yeah, I thought it was strange, though. North Macedonia, because I never hear of South Macedonia. Yeah, they've just changed the name because there was an argument between Greece and former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia over the, the name because they both claim um, Alexander the Great as their own and all that sort of stuff. But a few months ago, they came to some sort of agreement where former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia is now North Macedonia, and then the area of Greece that is originally Macedonia is still Macedonia. Like, I'm in Macedonia right now. There's Alexander the Great statues, and yeah, there's lots of Macedonian uh, signs and museums. The whole Hellenistic roots under Alexander the Great, that's the big theme. And we didn't even uh, mention where you were last week, because I completely forgot to ask the question, given that we had two episodes to cover. Where was I last week? Luxor? You were in, yeah, Luxor. Luxor or Aswan, yeah. I can't remember which, which one you were at the time. Definitely Luxor, because, yeah, I didn't have internet in Aswan. Aswan was a very, it's also kind of a weird uh, experience. Not as many people asking me for money, though. It's weird, the kids there will be like, hi, do you have money? It's like, oh. Uh, that's just what it's like to be a white person in an Egyptian village. And Logan's classic response was, "I look more homeless than you do." Yeah, <laughs> that is that is that that was. I think that was. No, I didn't exactly say those words. So I'm like, I think you probably have had more food than me today. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Michelle disagrees strongly with Logan and I that this episode was very boring and very linear. Look, I know it's linear. I'm not saying it's not linear, but I loved the the scenery. It was just beautiful. It made me want to go there. It made other people want to go there. As as I read all the fans' comments, I how can you say jumping off something and seeing someone jump off something is boring? Yeah, the problem is we've seen that task done before and better. Well, but it's still an exciting sort of task. And also, how does it relate in any way, shape or form to Switzerland other than, oh, we have gorges? We have mountains and gorges which we can jump off and try and kill ourselves on. Basically, that's what it is about Switzerland, except for cow horns and fondue. And they've done the fondue. And the other the other elements of this is the fact that we have to now podcast about this episode, and it's full of tasks that are Dull as ditch water to both watch and talk about. Oh my god. <laughs> You're in a bad way again. Logan sent me a message earlier saying he had three notes for this episode. I, I, I really do only have three notes for this episode. I This is probably the least amount of notes I've written down since like one of those Atlantic Canada legs from Amazing Race Canada. There's an Amazing Race Canada? There was an Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> I, I don't know what what it, what it what it's called now. I think it's just called the Amazing Shitfest Domestic Canada something. I don't know. I don't recognise that. I'm afraid. I'm very surprised that I've never heard of Amazing Race Canada. Yeah, I just know John Montgomery hosts a completely different show now, but they pretend like it's it was the original one. I can't believe they don't they didn't leave Canada. I just can't believe it. Isn't Monty's show called something like the Eh Race? Parker, <laughs> yeah, six six legs in BC and Ontario. Six out of the eleven legs in just two provinces. We have thirteen provinces and territories, and they 
barely, barely, barely visited a majority of them. Do you remember that time when we joked about whether BC or LA would have more legs? <laughs> What's the count at now? It's got to be close. I've not done the official count, but I think it is getting very close. So pretty much if Amazing Race Canada, because the thing is why they film in BC is it's the only place in Canada that has good weather in the month of April. Everywhere else is extremely touch and go. Well, we can hope that the Ech Race Canada gets cancelled. It can't. It, it's the top rating show over there. I know, but it's not going to just because you don't like it. I don't I, I think like me and Kurt and Wayne we had a discussion about this and just be, because no sponsors came in which made it very clear this was a very low budget affair with uh, the season and I can't remember if it was you Michael I was telling you or if it was Kurt but uh, but one of the teams isn't even going to watch this season yeah pretty, we had this discussion yeah. Yeah, wow. some of the teams isn't even going to watch the season, which tells me, and with Bickerton gone, and the fact that CTV is such a broke company, and they have such a high-rated show, but still no money to invest into it, tells me it is very, very tough to put together additional seasons of Amazing Race Canada. Right, okay, so it might be gone. Hopefully. So it could it could still have really high ratings. It's just CTV is that broke and they can't do can't anything when it. they don't have sponsors that still not might not be able to make it, which is really sad for Canadian television, but that's just the way it is. And yet Big Brother Canada has been picked up again. I know I get to apply for an eighth time. You get to apply for and fail for an, an eighth, eighth time. time. Yes. <laughs> it's sad. No, it's funny. I wonder how many other how many other people have applied for Big Brother Canada eight times. I feel like it's an it's an increasingly that's cause I start I, w- I was pretty much the minimum age requirement, which means people are have applied for every season are just starting to leave their twenties and probably have a drastically different life than they did eight years ago when they first started applying. Probably, and it's a real shame we've not got any other amazing races to talk about that were announced this week, isn't it? Yeah, no other amazing race news internationally that I can think of. I think uh, Amazing Race China just finished <laughs> yeah. filming. Um, We're due another season of Hammerots at some point soon. They filmed two of them. Yeah, they filmed two of them back to back. That's um, maybe they'll air them at the same time. Just air two different seasons: one on Tuesday, one on Thursdays. Yeah, maybe. And since they're both twenty episode seasons, you know that's that's going to keep Israelis uh, occupied. Yeah, no, no, uh, <laughs> no <other>. good fun. <laughs> I didn't mean to say. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's no other amazing race news, I guess, that, that we need to talk about. <laughs> I'm too tired to fight with you. You're not. <laughs> you know so what tired. would be great? You know, you know what would be great is if um, Matt and Dave from Survivor New Zealand, if they both apply with different partners and they both end up on the season as two of the teams, and then they pretend that they don't know each other again and see if they can get away with it? Ha. I have. Um, I know two survivors who are applying together. I don't want to tell you who I'm not allowed to, but... I think I know who you're talking about, and if they get on, it's going to be horrific. It will be horrific. (laughs) Do you you know as well, Logan? Mm, No. I I put it in a chat a while ago. So anyway... This episode, we've been skirting around avoiding having to talk about it for, lo- for long enough. So previously, eight teams raced to Uganda. At the roadblock, Janelle got lost and put her and Brittany behind. And at the return of the double battle, Tyler and Corey beat Colin and Christy to win the leg. But a big brother showdown at the end against Rachel and Litha eliminated Janelle and Brittany from the race. Boring. And teams now fly to Zurich in Switzerland and catch a train to Grindelwald, where they will find their next clue. Did you go there, Logan? Grindelwald? Or anywhere in Switzerland? He's not been to Switzerland, I don't think. No, oh. Switzerland's too expensive. Switzerland is yeah, very is. expensive, and I don't understand why the Amazing Race is obsessed with it. And another thing I'd like to Shame. add is, where was the, another thing I'd like to add is, where was the duel with Dumbledore this time? I mean, they missed out on this opportunity in Season 3. We've now gone through the whole Harry Potter series. Yeah, I'm actually wearing my Harry Potter shirt. And here we are in 2019, 
still no duel with uh, Dumbledore. I'm quite upset. If only we were uh, doing the fake recap this week, because we would have done all of the Harry Potter references. Yeah, all the Fantastic Beasts. I assume they're going to probably show the duel between Grindelwald and Dumbledore in the third Fantastic Beast movie. Well, that'll be the uh, the double battle next week. Yeah, I can't. I love to see what Colin and Christie's Patronus was like is like today compared to fifteen years ago. Oh come on, it's going to be an ox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My Patronus is broken. <laughs> it's not shielding me from the Dementors. My zen-like positivity is gone. Now I'm a miserable bastard again. I'm casting it. <laughs> I'm casting it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he's giggling. Here we go. Yep. The patented Saunders giggle has returned. What house... Do you think, would Colin still be in Slytherin House even with his Zen-like atmosphere, or is he now like a Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff, I think. Yeah, I, I think he's probably a Hufflepuff now. A Hufflepuff who likes dirt bikes. Let's sort the other six teams as well. Don't just stop at Colin. Oh, no. Yeah, we. I feel like I have like no other notes for this podcast, otherwise it's going to end very quickly. <laughs> well, you know who Slytherin is straight away. Yep. There's, there's only one. Is it the team wearing green? Perhaps. No, I, I think I could make an argument for a second team. Really? Who? Yeah. Chris and Brett? No, Chris and Brett are 100% Hufflepuff. Yeah. Well, Hufflepuff's full of gingers, so yeah, Chris automatically gets sorted into, uh, into Hufflepuff. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the defining characteristics of Slytherin is being backstabbing and mean and rude. So I think I could make an argument for a particular person. Uh, what would Nicole and Victor be sorted into? Ravenclaw. No, Ravenclaws are intelligent. Right. <laughs> but he, I think he's got a bit of knowledge in, in his head. He, he suddenly says these bits of intelligence. I think Victor is probably a, a Gryffindor. I, w- I would say, yeah, Gryffindor for Mr. Victor. She's not Gryffindor. No, she she is probably Hufflepuff. Um, yeah. Becca and Floyd? Mm, Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. Michelle just wants to keep saying Ravenclaw. No, because they're not—they're not Hufflepuff. Well, they're borderline. They're so borderline Ravenclaw Hufflepuff. Yeah, I suppose they are probably the most Ravenclaw of the teams who are left. Um, Leon Jamal, Gryffindor. Yeah, Gryffindor was yeah. my, my instinct on yeah. them. I mean, Leo means lion. Yeah. There you go. And Christy begins the leg by saying she's wearing her jaguar tooth to remind her to be fearless in Switzerland because they're expecting that she will do the roadblock and it will be in a gorge. Good prediction, good foresight on their part. It's almost like these people are very good at Amazing Race. (laughs) Michael, what do you think about everyone getting departure times this week? Saunders, do you enjoy having sex (laughs) while travelling? Yes, but sadly... Oh, well... (laughs) I thought you were honestly asking me that. I was I was thinking that would be a... I should have censored some sort of trap with that question. <laughs> That's rude. That is, that is not very Gryffindor behavior. <laughs> Smart of a Slither douche. I've never claimed to be Gryffindor. And anyway, you can't slug off Slytherins, given that you are a Slytherin. Really? Yeah, you wore the Slytherin scarf at King's Cross because you said you were in Slytherin. Well, it, it, it because Bitch, I, I always like to challenge. I always like to challenge myself because it ain't easy being green. Michelle would definitely be Gryffindor. Yeah, I, I when I do the thing, I've either been Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. You're a hundred percent Gryffindor. <laughs> Goody two shoes, apart from how you treat your children. <laughs> Even Gryffindors have a dark side. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> and Victor confuses Sweden and Switzerland. And Rachel confuses basic geographical naming. Yeah. Alps with Alps without snow. Is it still an Alp? Does it change yeah. into a new landform? Is it now uh, a Grand Canyon? Is it now an Eiffel yes. Tower? What does it turn into? Also, Rachel is the only person in, in this cast other than Leo and Jamal, who has been to Switzerland before. And she was very close to Switzerland the first time she raced, too. Yeah. She was in northern Italy. 
she should have been dominating this leg, given her experience. Or dominate the understanding of what the Alps are in Europe, considering she's raced in them in both of her seasons. That's just ridiculous. This it's just her... the most re- stupid statement. But the most important thing, maybe, of the entire intro is that Rachel getting the leg record is mentioned. Because this is one of two very egregious things for me in this episode, in terms of utter bullshit on on what they said and what they got Phil to say. Because she has the record with the Cowboys and with the Globetrotters, regardless of whether she survived this leg or not. Because she's raced in 31 legs. Next week she gets the record, regardless of whether she survives it or not, because she'll have raced in 32 legs. That's how maths works, Philip. Why did they do it this episode instead of next? Well, I think he was mean, like, if she, like, dies halfway through the next leg, that she doesn't get the record. Yeah, if Phil tries to argue that Rachel doesn't have the record after next week if she goes home, he's wrong, because that's not how it works. She, on her own, has the record of the longest amount of legs run without being eliminated in 31, because she's never been eliminated. But... Regardless of whether she goes home next week or not, she gets the record for Lex. If she does go home next week, however, this means that Leo and Jamal can steal that record by the end of the season if they survive long enough. Mm. That's the other element to this conversation that they haven't mentioned yet, is that Rachel does not guarantee herself, unless she gets to leg 10, that she will leave this season with the leg record. She may only have it Mm. for, like, three, four legs. Because Leo and Jamal, not that far behind. And considering the pure-blooded, amazing race teams are doing quite well for themselves, that is extremely possible. Do you think there's going to be a... Or, you already know, Michael. Michelle, do you... (laughs) Michelle, do you think there will be a final four of all amazing race teams? God, there's such a high probability of it. They're just too good. This leg, they finished in the top four again. Mm, Well... You know, we're going to lose Chris and Brett at some point. They're not going to be in the final three unless something, some miracle happens. And we're seeing a lot of weaknesses from Nicole over the past couple of weeks. Yes, yeah, she's a bit, I don't know, a bit insipid, isn't she? I will say on a point I raised last week that every team so far that has gone home has had the worst average of the teams left in the season. And... I will say that Rachel and Alitha are next on that list, then Chris and Brett, then Leo and Jamal, then Becker and Floyd. So if the race ended now, or went straight to Final 3 now, it would be Colin and Christy, Tyler and Corey, and Nicole and Victor, despite what happened this week. Ooh, I don't like that Final 3. Whether that trend continues, I'm not going to reveal, but that's just something to be mindful of. Those are the facts. I'm just putting out the maths, I do this a lot, I put out the maths and then I leave it for you guys to decide whether I'm revealing anything or not. Colin and Christie's average is ridiculous, I just want to add, after 20 rounds of racing and still have, they still have a, two point, they have a 2.4 average for this season. So, to put it into context, Colin and Christie's race record so far this season is .001 worse than Tyler and Corey ended 28. It would put them 50th overall worldwide. Their all-star average is second of every team to run more than one season, and it is incredibly possible that they will have the first place by the end of this season, if they make it that far. Robin Amber's number one? Robin Amber and Dave and Connor are currently tied for number one. Right. Both with exactly the same amount of legs run, 17. Both with exactly the same amount of uh, placement points in 41. But yeah, Colin and Christie are currently about a quarter of a point behind the overall average win. Something like that. And the thing is, is that they should be targets for this must-vote U-turn next week. But I don't see how Rachel and Alitha aren't the ones who get U-turn next week. I just find it... There's, they're getting at least three votes guaranteed against them. This was their week with strategizing where they were going to get this free pass from... Beck and Floyd with a U-turn, and Leo and Jamal, and they just completely buried them to Nicole and Victor, and Nicole and Victor didn't trust what Rachel and Litha were saying or knew what they were up to. So that's three votes they're going to get now for sure. I will say that the 
team who gets must vote U-turn next week is not 100% known. There's a suspicion of who it is, but it's not 100% known. All I know is who goes home next week. Right. And I'm going to try and hide my opinions on the must vote U-turn, at least mostly in this episode. There's something I want to bring up on the must vote U-turn. In fact, two things I want to bring up on the must vote U-turn, but we will get to that at the end of this episode. So, Becca and Floyd visit a pub, and then they strategize with Leo and Jamal, and eventually Rachel and Letha about who they want to U-turn. Rachel mentions her most leg-survived record, and there is an alliance discussion at the pub. Colin, Christy, and Nicole Victor are mentioned as targets, and as part of their BB alliance, Rachel and Letha decide to try and tell Nicole and Victor that Becca and Floyd are targeting them to get Nicole and Victor to do their dirty work for them. And they have to do all this in confessional because they didn't think to actually film this interaction. And then they have to reshoot it on the train. Yes. Because they obviously haven't learned their lesson after the iconic did you push my sports bar off the the ledge incident. If you're going to have probably the major drama of the season, why don't you film it? If you're going to make sure that everyone is sequestered on transport options so that they can't do anything that would actually impact the show... You have to film it when they do. And the fact that Vank and Ashton, they were, they were the decision to U-turn them happened on the plane when the cameras weren't filming as well. Yeah. It, it just blows my mind that this is probably going to be the, the big blow-up of the season, I suspect. And absolutely none of it is able to be aired because it all took place on probably many flights from uh, Kampala to Zurich. But the problem is you can't have the cameras rolling on every bit of transport. You can't, but if you if you have Rachel doing a confessional saying, I'm going to go and talk to Nicole and Victor about this, you have to turn around to her and say, would you mind doing it in front of the cameras, please? You do it in an airport. You find a quiet corner, you get them both into, into there. You, it might be a bit contrived, but you do it in an airport so you actually have something to explain this conflict. Because without knowing anything... This conflict is probably going to continue to next week, I suspect. I was a little confused when that started in the train, when we saw the four of them talking in the train, and they're all talking over the top of each other. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, I knew what the, the what it was based on, but Jesus, it was confusing. You couldn't hear anybody. Seriously, do you think it's the same editors as 29? Because... It's a night and day from the storytelling of Amazing Race 29, this. Amazing Race 29 managed to have, like, six concurrent storylines and tell them beautifully, and this season has consistently told stories in a terrible way. I don't know. Maybe they went on holidays. I think the ultimate feeling for this season, for me, is just disappointment. Because the cast is pretty damn good, even for an Amazing Race cast. And it's just sloppily told, they've not put much effort in, and it's just disappointing. It's not a bottom five season like Logan keeps talking about it being, for me, because 30 is still much, much worse than this, but it's still a terribly told season. It's just a little bit too slack for me. I suppose the um, cameramen need a rest sometimes. I mean, it's an excuse, but it's not a good one, because the cameramen obviously need, need a rest, but all you have to do is just have a quiet word and say, we don't mind you telling her this, but can you make sure to do it when we're actually filming, please? Um, as if she would listen. No, she would. She'd have to. As a producer, you take her aside and go, Rachel, we know this is happening. You've done hundreds of these episodes now. Would you just mind doing it where we can see it, just so we know exactly what the story is and we can tell it accurately? But you'd also need the initial cameraman to actually tell production that he saw that interaction happening in the first place. They have the producers on on site for this sort of stuff. Oh, okay. The cameramen are in constant contact with the production team to suggest storylines and stuff, because they are starting to try and build a story as they're filming it. They obviously don't really edit it as they're filming it, because they can't, but they know exactly what the storylines of the season are going to be, and I would put money on the fact that they thought that this would be a massive storyline, knowing going into the next leg that there was going to be this. I hesitate to call it a must vote U-turn because it's not. It's sort of a tribal council U-turn. 
Yeah, I love it. It's sloppy. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll get to that in a bit, but it's just a sloppy way to do it. But yeah, I just can't fathom how they thought that by cutting out a major piece of this story in the actual interaction, we just get a she said, she said, and it just blows up and it's ugly television. No, a lot of people found it very interesting. No, a lot of people hate Rachel and Alitha and, and immediately took Nicole and Victor's side, which, I mean, there's no really good sides to take in this, this argument, but all we have is Rachel's word on this, Nicole's word on this, and the ugly interaction on the train, which was probably deeply uncomfortable for everyone in the probably quite quiet Swiss train carriage. And then Colin brings everyone together. And Rachel's reaction to the prayer circle is delightful. That was so crazy. But the fact that this was a three-hour train ride means that there was probably a lot of this argument that went unaired there as well. So it probably got a lot personal. Not even a little personal. A lot personal. Not a little, a little personal? A little personal? Oh, God. So once they get to Grindelwald, it's a roadblock, which is who wants to take the scenic route. And in this roadblock, one team member must do a really boring task and do a 400-foot gorge swing. Oh, it's not boring. No, it's really boring to talk about, Michelle. Michelle, it's... Yeah, to talk about. Yeah, fine, to talk about. But it's not a boring task. It's literally, here's the list of people who did it, because it's a a one-person-at-a-time thing. This is the order they left in. Yes, but Michael, The Amazing Race isn't made for you and how you can talk about tasks. It was an amazing task for them to do and and to see it on TV. It was it was it was a good task. I know it's not great to talk about. Good Amazing Race tasks are interesting to watch and interesting to talk about. <sighs> and interesting to do. If they're having much more fun doing this episode as they obviously did, then we are watching it. That's not a good Amazing Race episode, because it's a TV product. <laughs> Understand, but you don't have to rate a task on how easy it is to talk about it, because that's not what the Amazing Race is about. I have to rate a task on how good a, a TV product the task is, and it's a terrible TV product, because, yeah, it's nice to look at, but if you really think about it, scratch below the surface, it's, here, here's a list of people, they did it in this order, nobody really hesitated apart from Nicole, we leave for the next task. I also like that Logan is completely and utterly keeping himself out of this conversation and just letting us argue. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Would you do that? Would you, would you do that, Mike? I wouldn't have a choice. I just don't, I don't strike you as someone who would do that without major freak out. Um, I wouldn't be particularly happy about doing it, but I would do it. <laughs> Logan, you'd do it, wouldn't you? I would do it. I would just scream the whole time. I know I'd be absolutely terrified, beyond terrified. If Logan and I were on this season, he would have to do it because it would just be amusing for me to see him scream like a little girl. But I can't even do little roller coasters. Oh dear. Yeah, I would have screamed. But that actually, can I just talk about the the run on the way up there? Oh my god, that would have killed me. I wish Mel White would have had to do that initial run. Someone needs to have a podcast bingo card and have one of their squares be, I wish Mel White. (laughs) (laughs) Ow, my growing. But yes, um... I would probably, if somebody said, hey, Logan, if you pay us five or maybe ten bucks, we'll make Mel White do this whole leg. He's not even on a team. He just has to do everything himself. Would you pay ten bucks? And it'll take up half the airtime of the episode. And I would wholeheartedly say yes. And money is tight for Logan. He missed a plane. Yeah. The classic miss a plane and not get compensated. So it's Corey, Becca, Leo, Christy, Nicole, Elitha, and Chris doing this roadblock, and that's the order they leave in. So teams must now fly by helicopter to the Grimsel Pass and search for their next clue once they land. What an amazing scenery. But what can you say about it? That it was amazing scenery? Yeah, it was pretty. Next. 
Well, I wanted more of it because I liked it. It was beautiful. So once they land, it's a detour, which is water power up, water down. And in water power, teams must ride the world's steepest funicular and remember eight signs showing how much water basins can hold. At the top, they have to match the names to the capacities of their tanks to get their next clue. Can you tell my faux enthusiasm for this? But I'm surprised they got it on the first go. I thought they'd get it all confused. It was 16 pieces of information in a 10-minute ride. And in water down, teams must abseil 150 feet down a cliff and grab a clue before continuing downstream. And I'm deliberately saying it patronisingly because this is a terrible detail. But which side would you have picked? Canyoning. That was such a weird detour scene where we just watched Tyler and Corey. This whole episode was... This is why I have so few notes. It's just rinse and repeat with with Riley's sister drama for the seventh episode in a row. And then we have half of the detour just all... We're just watching Tyler and Corey. It's, it's like one of the episodes on their YouTube channel or something where it's just Tyler and Corey do half of the detour and we don't get to see anybody else really do the detour either. We just, it's just adventures with Tyler, Corey, and Sebastian. And that's like 90% of this episode is between that and Riley's sister drama. And there's a lot of talk about whether there's going to be U-turn this leg and... Yeah, that was... Uh, that was. I don't think they've never, they've never gone to that extreme either where everyone's like, oh, U-turn, U-turn. Oh, I'm surprised there's not a U-turn. I'm surprised there's not a U-turn. It's like, okay, we get it. There's going to be a U-turn next leg. Producers are just doing that this season. We get it. All the clues are point. All the hints are pointing at Rachel and Alyssa being U-turned by the other teams because that's been the theme for the past seven episodes. I get it. You know what would have been really nice if they'd not spoiled the tribal council U-turn next week in the season preview because I probably would have been a lot happier about this leg had the shock of it being the start of the next leg actually been there rather than them revealing it eight weeks ago or whatever it was now seven weeks ago why would you have liked this this leg more no i would have liked the preview i i hate the preview so unbelievably much why because it's literally just oh there's a must vote u-turn next time yeah that's it because it's so unusual yeah, but it's so unusual, but there's no hint of any of the tasks next time, which means the airtime's going to be dominated by, let's be honest, U-turn. Rachel and Alitha being must vote U-turned, and then everyone reacting to them being must vote U-turned, and it getting uncomfortable. It, it's quite annoying that it, Amazing Race is, this one, is just focusing on two, or one, character that... It's driving the whole race, and it's not supposed to be about her. It's not the Rachel show. This is how bad it's gotten with how much attention has been on Rachel and Alitha, is that in all the online groups I moderate, or specifically the one Amazing Race group that me and Muniba moderate, uh, Amazing Race 24-7, we have started just deleting threads that I just start with, oh, Rachel and Alyssa did this, because it's clogged up the group so much that now, regardless of what the content is, or even if it's anything offensive about them, we've just been deleting the threads, just because there's been so much content about it, and no one wants to discuss anything else about the season. That's why this season has been why I rank it so far near the bottom, is it's super bare bones, it's super linear, and Rupert and Laura were fun for the first episode, and then the next seven have been, oh, this is a fifth CBS season of Rachel doing Rachel things and people reacting to it. And, you know, after putting up with this for three Amazing Race seasons and two Big Brother seasons, it goes from, oh, she was a fun character that drove a lot of controversy to, here we go again. I'm not. I don't think she's fun. I, I know a lot of people do think she's a fun person, but I don't think she's fun at all. She's just annoying. Here's the other element about it: all these people who are moaning about her. What happens if she goes next week? Who will they talk about? What happens if she lasts another four episodes, five episodes, whatever it is, five episodes? 
what she lasts another five episodes. Will these people keep bitching and moaning about her? Yes. Yes, yes, they will. Yes, they will. Because it's really boring and it's stifling the season. And when you do have at least decent characters, I mean, Co- Colin and Christy are the only team ever to have a book written about them or named after a quote from them. How do you have a season with Colin and Christy on it and then just completely under-edit everyone apart from two teams, neither of whom can carry a season? Like, they're the best part about the season. They make me laugh each week, but they all ultimately get reduced to, like, ten seconds of content each week. It's either a funny dance or a quote about juice. Or dropping and rolling out of a helicopter. Like James. Yes! Oh, my. (laughs) That was good, to be fair. And then when there's awkward drama, who, like, Colin and Christy of all people are like, oh, man. You guys are fighting. This is a bit much. How about we get some love from the universe? Except from Armenia. If Colin, of all people, is saying you're being a bit much, you're being a bit much. And it's like, how can we not get more content? Just We just need like scenes from Colin and Christie's past each week and just contrast it with, with how they're racing now, which they were doing at the in the first two episodes of the season. And it's just turned into, oh... What's the drama around Rachel and Alitha now? And that's why I don't think this season is going to age well, because we're seven episodes in. It's like, there's the season is so bare bones, super linear. We've had about 15 minutes of self-drive that just happened this episode. And yeah, I don't know. There's just really nothing to talk about with this season. And it's all retread characters. Honestly, what new things do we know about Becker and Floyd, or Leo and Jamal, or Chris and Brett? That's the thing, we haven't explored anything new with them. It's like, oh, here's Rachel Drama, which was established in episode one of season 12 of Big Brother. And five appearances later, guess what? It's just the same old drama around Rachel, who was originally on Big Brother. And I'm surprised that Rachel has so much time to cause so much drama when she's busy being an investigative journalist, motorboat driver, arch architect, supervising technician, technical supervisor, erotic novelist, golem summoner, galactic hitchhiker, alien bounty hunter, dubstep vampire, Lexa Berg's translator, chimpanaut, Aztec sacrifice, Duchess of Spork, and Democratic presidential candidate. Okay, what's Duchess of Spork? I knew that would be the one you picked up on when Bindle sent that list over. <laughs> Tell me that one. Duchess of Spork, that's what he said. <laughs> Me and Bindles, whenever Bindles sends over that list now, I always try and pick out the one that you're going to start quizzing me on really? first. Yeah. And Duchess of Spork genuinely was the one that I said to him that you would immediately laser focus on. Give me the background. What is it? I don't know. It's just a good pun, I think, on the Duchess of York. Right. <laughs> God. Oh, I suppose she's got red hair. Well, reddish, sort of. The Lexa translator was one that sort of snuck past me as well. I didn't actually notice that until I copied it into my document today. Have you been to Switzerland? I have, yes. Is the water just amazing all the time, like it looked in the show? Yes, but it's also incredibly expensive. It's one of the two most expensive countries I've ever been to. What's number one? Which is the other one? Uh, Japan's the other one. Japan is very expensive. Mm. But, yeah, I mean... For some context, they wanted the equivalent of, I think it was £35 each for breakfast at the hotel we stayed at in Geneva. Jesus Christ. Mm. You need to pay £25 just to use the motorways in Switzerland. What? I did not pay that for breakfast in Japan. I think I paid about a quarter of that. No, less than a quarter. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully much less than a quarter of that, Logan. £8 a day is probably your normal food budget. Oh my gosh, Probably. well I've been to Switzerland, but no, I didn't see any waterways at all, it's just the mountain areas. And Leo and Jamal leave power in first, and teams must now find the Michaels Kircher, the pit stop for this leg of the race, the last team to check in may be eliminated, and Phil's justification for the church being a pit stop is that two-thirds of Switzerland are Christian. That's the last note I think I made was... They've run out of iconic places for pit stops in Switzerland. It's just so weird that they said, two-thirds of Switzerland is Christian, so here's a rando church. 
I wonder how the audience would have reacted during the Emirates leg if feels like, oh, you know, 80% of, like, or with Uganda, if they had the pit stop at the mosque, I should say, and then feels like, you know, 90% of Uganda is Muslim, so we're going to have the pit stop at this mosque. I feel like it would have had a different reaction from the American audience. Oh, 100%. And Leo and Jamal have to wait for the funicular to come down... And then Tyler and Corey leave down in second. Becca and Floyd leave it in third, with Colin and Christine in fourth. And then Corey compliments Colin's arse. Brett's scared of heights. Tyler and Corey are another team who speculate there'll be another U-turn next leg. Nicole and Victor leave power in fifth. And then we actually get to the pit stop. So Tyler and Corey win another leg, and they win... One of the worst prizes for a long while, which is, of course, Michelle. <laughs> it's a spa day. Because of all things that you need on The Amazing Race, it's a spa, rather than cash money. Have they ever had a spa day before? So everyone now has to stay in Switzerland while they have their spa day. Yeah, they'll be having a 24-plus hour pit stop, I would assume. I wouldn't mind a spa day. That would be quite nice. Yeah, but if it's a choice between that money and a holiday, Michelle, you're not going to pick the spa day. Yes, quite possibly. It's short-term discomfort for all of the money afterwards. I want a catamaran. What? That's random. Charlotte and Mena won it in All-Stars. Exactly. You got the oh, reference. did they? Yeah, they, they won it because I think their exact reaction was, a catamaran, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> no, their no, their first reaction was what is a their first reaction. What is a catamaran? And then Phil had to explain what a catamaran is to them. And then Char- Charlemagne like, yay! Oh, and the catamaran so... is you have to pick it up in Turkey. Yay! <laughs> and Victor doesn't want to ask for directions. Rachel and Letha let Chris and Brett drive past them, but no one knows where they're going. Colin and Chris checking in second. Becca and Flynn in third. Leo and Jamal in fourth. Rachel and Alitha in fifth, Chris and Brett in sixth. And then Phil, weirdly at the pit stop, also mentions that Rachel has now tied the the race record with this leg. And if she completes the next one, she gets the record. Not how it works. That's not how appearing in legs works, Phil. Because if you're going to make that argument, then you actually have to say that Jet and Cord only have 29 legs. And that Flight Time and Big Easy only have 29 legs because they both got eliminated on their 31st leg. And they had both previously been eliminated once. Pardon? Okay, sorry. Maybe I'm still tired, but tell me again. Phil's argument is that Rachel only gets the leg record if she survives the next leg, and therefore survives 32 legs. But the record is not 31 legs if it's how many legs you've survived. Well, it is now, because Rachel has survived 31 legs, but... I think it should be how many legs you've completed. It is. That's... That is the exact record that Phil is trying to talk about, but he's wrong because if you're going by his argument that you have to actually not get eliminated on a leg to get to get a point for it or whatever, Flight Time and Big Easy and Jet and Cord have both been eliminated twice, so therefore they've only actually completed, in inverted commas, 29 legs each. So Rachel by far has the record. And then the last team to check in is Nicole and Victor. There's a massive argument at the pit stop, and shout Gaspar, it's the final non-elimination of the season. Yay! And I believe this is the first American season where all of the non-elims were done by Final by, 7. With, by Final 7, yeah. Yep, the, the record, yes. I believe, is, I think it's 9. It is Hemorots, right? Hemorots. The English language record is Final 8. Definitely, because I know what season that is. Uh, Oz 2? It is Australia 2, yep. The final non-elimination was in uh, Cayuba, and it was at Final 8. Um, but I think Hammer Oatsland Million 5 was Final 9. But they also started with 14 teams. Yeah, that makes a huge uh, difference. So that means we're going to get rapid-fire eliminations all the way to the end. It means that every single leg from here on out is an elimination. Which is good, predictable. It is, but also it's very transparent, making Final 7 the final non-elimination. It's a really weird structure to say two eliminations to start with, then alternating NEL, ELIM, NEL, ELIM, NEL, ELIM, and then all of the eliminations. 
It's just a little bit transparent to try and keep all the Survivor and Big Brother teams in. Yeah, I suppose so. I, have we ever had um, the non-eliminations sort of... Have we ever had them put like this? Like it was one-on, one-off, one-on, one-off? Not for a while. Yeah, not for ages. Usually earlier seasons were the only ones that did that. And that was from like final five, final six onwards. Yeah. Uh, so next time there's sort of a takeoff of tribal council, but Shotgas Porra, everything's face to face just to cause even more drama. <laughs> I like it. And for someone who loves drama on the Amazing Race, in moderation, this looks horrific. <laughs> Love it when you use the word horrific. Seriously. <laughs> Next week's leg is going to be 40 minutes of people reacting to the U-Turn Tribal Council, people bitching about the U-Turn Tribal Council, people bitching about being U-Turned in the U-Turn Tribal Council, and then maybe some shit Switzerland tasks. That's it. You know what? If it was a different season, this U-Turn probably wouldn't be as bad, but because it's them, because Rachel's in it, it's just going to be... A free-for-all. It's transparently dramatic, and that's the thing. It's heavy-handed at best. It's just, it's not what Amazing Race should be. Well, let's watch it. Let's see what happens. It's going to be an episode of Rachel getting you tribal, you voted out. Do you turn, you turned out pretty yeah. much? Yeah. It's face-to-face nominations from Big Brother UK with a U-turn twist. That's what it is. It is not a must-vote U-turn. So it's just going to be everyone votes Rachel to get U-turned, Rachel reacts to it, and that's going to be the whole episode. Oh yeah, it'll be 100% Rachel next week. And that's after 31 episodes of Rachel. Yeah, but this isn't what I'm taking offence to. And this is where our game's going to come into it, because did you guys notice how Phil introduced the U-turn Tribal Council and the reasoning they gave for it? Oh, was Switzerland not the first democratic country in the world? Well, it's time to find out in Play Your Democracies Right. Uh, Yeah, we are going to play a higher or lower game with democracies. Because, spoilers, Switzerland, not the oldest democracy in the world, by a way. And actually, I did have to discuss with my historical expert, otherwise known as my brother, um... I did my research and I wanted to make sure that I was actually right on this. So mm-hmm. we're going to alternate. I'm going to give you a country and I'm going to tell you what year it was. And you've got to tell me before or after, when did they actually embrace democracy? Okay. This is actually a fun game. Something I would do on my own. We may very well play another <laughs> round of this next week because we're not going to have much much other content, let's be honest. So we'll start with Michelle because I'm nice like that. And we'll start with Switzerland, which embraced democracy in 1291. But did San Marino embrace democracy before or after Switzerland? And I will tell you, there are some later than Switzerland in this. It's not entirely stacked. I'm thinking after, because I don't think it would have existed in 1291. You would be wrong. Yeah, I was going to say before. Because they embraced democracy in 301 AD. Yeah, they're a really old country. Yeah, they've got, like, yeah, some of the oldest churches. Yeah. Logan, wow. Iceland, before or after 301 AD? Before or after, let's see, we would have had Leif Erikson, all those, all those Viking dudes. Bearing in mind that Switzerland was 1291. Let's see, 301 AD for Iceland. I'm guessing if it's before that year or after? Yeah, before or after 301 AD. I'm going to say before. You would be wrong. It's 930 AD, which is still before Switzerland. All right. It's one of the world's oldest parliaments that is still running, is Iceland. There is only one before that. Michelle, the Roman Empire, before or after 930 AD? Before. I was going to say, this is a massive gimme for you. (laughs) Before. Yeah, I know, look at it. It is. Not just before, but before Switzerland, because it's 300 BC. Yeah. Logan, the Isle of Man, before or after 300 BC? (laughs) What? After? After is correct, but still before Switzerland, because it's 927 AD. Okay, we get your point. You'll notice, three years before Iceland. And the Isle of Man does have the oh uh, the world's longest continuing parliament. Michelle, Britain, 
Before or after 927? God, it would be the same as Isle of Man. It would be very similar. Isle of Man's a crown defendancy. What was that answer? Isle of Man was 927 AD. Oh, God. After. This is the, <laughs> this is the weirdest quiz I've <laughs> ever competed in. Have you never seen Play Your Cards Right, Michelle? This. We, oh my we, God. we just need an audience going higher, lower. That's like it's the same as um, card sharks from like the eighties, right? Card sharks is being brought back, but also yeah, card sharks is based on play your cards, right? Yeah, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite it's so game fun. shows. It's being brought back uh, next month, actually, or oh, this month for you now, uh, with Joel McHale hosting Logan. Oh, on um, ABC, I think. Oh, cool. Anyway, before or after Michelle? Um, before. Oh, you'd be wrong. It's after uh, it's after. Really. Britain embraced democracy after the Magna Carta in 1215. Really? Yes. Which you'll still notice was before Switzerland. Okay. You've got this bee in your bonnet. <laughs> Two more. Logan, Greek Empire, before or after? Um, I'm going to say before. Wasn't that the first one? Before is correct, because, as Michelle says, the Greek Empire was the inventor of democracy because democracy comes from Greek. Yeah. yeah. That's... And Michelle, your final one, the USA. Oh, after. I'm giving you such gimmies here. After is correct. Because it was 1788, and is therefore the only one on my list that is after Switzerland. Saudi Arabia? Well, yeah, on my list this is. We'll probably do another round of player democracies right next week. Please tell me what Phil's exact words were. Phil said that Switzerland is the world's oldest democracy. And Michael says that that is utter horseshit. We should Um, write an article about that. Because, no word of a lie, I came up with this idea probably five minutes before we started recording. And I did a quick Google on what the world's oldest democracies were. And believe me, there are a lot of democracies older than Switzerland. And the even better thing is, I actually found probably where they came up with this fake news from. And that is actually a Wikipedia article, which, by the way, anyone can edit, saying that there was, like, regional parliaments in uh, in Switzerland from the 1230s. Which, spoilers, still puts it after Iceland, the Isle of Man, San Marino, Roman Empire, and the Greek Empire, amongst many, many other countries and empires. Rightio. So, whichever intern came up with Phil's script to say this is the world's oldest democracy is talking bollocks. He should have talked more about the neutrality of Switzerland. I love that I could just hear Logan giggling at me getting quite angry over this incorrectness. <laughs> That's a great idea, though. Nothing's, nothing says a U-turn like neutrality. Exactly. If they'd gone with the neutrality angle, it would have been quite funny. But they're straddling the line between one of my favourite twists ever in the Must Vote U-Turn, but then weirdly giving it a Survivor edge, but then weirdly actually giving it a Big Brother UK face-to-face nominations edge. And it's just not a good idea. Because the whole point of it is to not know who's U-turned you unless you're U-turned. That's how they do it in every other version of this twist, is everyone does it anonymously, there is a U-turn board later in the leg, you find out who U-turned you after that. It was great in the preview, too, because Phil's like, this is based on the oldest democracy, and you're going to do these nominations face-to-face, and then you're going to kick them in the shin, and then you're going to shout, screw you, in their face, and then they're going to be U-turned, and then you're going to call their mom, and then you're going to insult their moms. Just add on all of these extra unnecessary layers to this twist. It's like, couldn't it just be a must vote U-turn where they just say... Do it privately? Yeah, or just vote? Why why are these all these extra themes? All this democracy, you're going to do it face-to-face. You're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then like 20 minutes later into the episode, we'll actually start this leg. It's so much overkill. I'm just kind of warning you guys that I'm probably going to be very angry over them ruining another great twist. Do you think Phil was drunk during that whole thing? Because I think he was. Dr- I think he's going to be drunk next week. I think half of the ideas for the Muscle U-Turn is just things he just came up with off the top of his head, and producers are like, eh, 
we'll just let him we'll just let him do this my favorite thing of this is the fact that they included the u-turn votes in the preview at the start of the season going oh and this season there's a new twist which you've seen in every other international version which is you know of better quality than this one has been but then you have phil stand on a podium with the swiss flag in front of it with the alps behind them and the final seven all visible yeah they blatantly spoiled it too i know that we go off on the season previews at the end of episode one being really spoilerific but this is the most spoilerific they have ever been they literally showed us all of the final seven in that scene because it was the same scene that they used for the preview this week I didn't actually notice that. I'm glad I didn't notice that because that would have drove me crazy. I referenced it in our episode one recap, saying that you can tell exactly where and who is still left. Yeah, and that's why I didn't go back and look at it again, because I didn't want to be spoiled. You know what they're going to do, right? Like, what they should also do is when each team gets sequestered for the must-vote U-turn, they have to, I mean, Tyler, Tyler Oakley actually just told me this, teams have to crab walk to the team that they're going to vote to U-turn. The only way that this twist could be more Big Brother UK is if there were seven buckets of gunge and you had to actually gunge the team that you wanted to U-turn. You have to cover them in fish guts before they start their leg. And spit in their face. So I think we all agree that it's probably going to be Rachel and Alitha after this episode who get U-turned. How many votes do you reckon they're going to get? All of them! If they're all there, they'll think safety in numbers. Let's just do all of them on one person. No, there's gonna be five. There's gonna be five votes to U-turn them, and then Colin and Christie are like, "We're gonna U-turn Chris and Brett," and everyone's gonna be like, "What?" And then Christie's gonna be like, "I don't know. We just haven't really cared for Chris and Brett too much." No, it's not going to be that. It's going to be, "I don't want to U-turn anybody. We'll just U-turn ourselves." <laughs> we'll U-turn Bertram. And do you think that um, it's going to condemn them? I'm hoping so that we can have a show that's not all about Rachel. I feel it could be a fitting end to Rachel and Alitha's storyline this season. But if Rachel and Alitha go out, is Rachel going to keep her record or not? Or are the interns who compile these stats for Phil actually going to read? (laughs) Give them an email. A strongly worded note is going to be issued. (laughs) And a definite and a history history and a history article about democracies around the world. I mean, this has just angered me. I <laughs> know, oh, and it's not even begun yet. I wish they would have done a must vote U turn in the UAE or in Laos. They were in Laos and Vietnam. They were in two communist countries, and they didn't do a must vote U turn. And then Phil could have tried to be like the newest democ. This is the start of a democracy. They've never had a democracy before. Not since the Soviets Soviets uh, came in. And with um, sorry, I have to say, have you noticed it's either you or me angry? It's never Logan. Yeah, Lo- Logan's traveling the world and is as chill as Colin and Christie now. Yeah, I'm sucking all the juice out of everywhere I go. <laughs> that does explain the weird face that Jill gave you in Antwerp. And do you guys have a pick to win with four eliminations in a row coming now? Oh, Afghanimals. I really want Team Fun to win, but I I don't know. Saunders? Leo and Jamal have been surprisingly disappointing these past several episodes. They haven't placed in the final three since the last time they came first. Right. So I will go with Colin and Christy because they seem pretty damn near consistent and always always in the top three or top Mm. four since about leg two of season five so (laughs) i think they have a very good chance of winning this season that is a stunning fact that we keep sleeping on the fact that colin and christy have not dropped out of the top four of any leg in amazing race history since leg two of season five yeah what were they in leg one six Two interesting facts. Logan is correct that they came sixth in leg two of uh, season five. But also, as with last week, if Colin and Christy come first in the next leg, they will have the best overall all-star average. That's what they're playing for again this week. So no biggie. No biggie smalls. 
just history to be broken potentially twice next week. Mm-hmm. So have you guys got anything else you want to say before I let Logan go to bed and Michelle go to attack her children? I don't know. Netball. No, I have nothing else to say. The prosecution rests your honor. All rise for the finale of the podcast. Thank you for listening to this ERT Number podcast. You can join us next week for another recap. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages. MJ Armstrong for me, Logs of Cracky for Logan, and Bear 3333333 for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode. Yeah, yeah. I'd like you to say that when you're very chilled on some sort of relaxant. I think that'd be funny. What about when I'm like real? We still haven't done a proper drunk podcast yet. Well, it's pretty hard if Michael doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, maybe that should be our plan for number 300. How close are we to 300? We end this season on 292. Oh. I feel like sh- the finale of this season should be drunk podcast. For me, and, anyway. Yeah, you know if you get drunk, I'm going to make you do the Rachel jobs. Yeah, that would be actually a lot of fun. <laughs> And Bindles is going to put all of the S's in there just for you. Because when I tell him that you're doing it, he will make it ridiculous. He actually tones it down for me slightly. When is the finale? Will I be in Belgrade? The last week of June. I would be in Belgrade. The release date of the finale, or the final two episodes, is um, the 30th of June, I believe. I think there's a really good chance I'd be drinking in Belgrade. Let's make it for that. (laughs) 